Cousins again. Aaron Aflalo. Aaron Aflalo. Oh, if you don't like that, you don't like Kings basketball. <laughs> I don't know if I like Kings basketball, but I like Aaron Aflalo sticking another dagger in the Cavaliers, cranking up the drama even more. Sekou Smith from NBA.com, my main man, Lang Whitaker oh. in New York. This is the Hangtime Podcast. Welcome in. Um, we got a, uh, another fabulous show lined up. Steve Hess from the Denver Nuggets will be joining us. John Schumann will be along with his Schumann stat. But uh, before we get to any of that, um, what, what do you make of this drama in <laughs> Cleveland? Lang? I know it's that time of year where LeBron starts agitating and poking, but you know, losing what six of eight and all the back and forth between LeBron and David Griffin, and now the the rumblings about Dan Gilbert and LeBron being you know at odds is is, it, is the sky falling in Cleveland in the in the entire Central Division as well when you consider what's going on with the <coughs> Pistons, the Pacers are up and down, the Bulls are a mess, the Bucks are struggling a little bit. I mean, but in Cleveland especially is 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 this what we think it is, or is this just just part of LeBron's process? They started the season twenty six and seven, mm-hmm. and it looked like they just kind of picked up where they left off. And now I think this is the first time they've kind of hit a little adversity and a bump in the road. I wonder how much of this is avoided if J.R. Smith is healthy, right? You know, like I mean, that's the thing that I keep coming back to is you need a playmaker, you need a guy who can handle the ball, could you know play a couple minutes of backup point guard. Like maybe if J.R. Smith is healthy, none of this is an issue. And I just think it's also you kind of hit on it there. Like this is LeBron's annual <laughs> season of discontent. What what is it about post? Like does he have the post Christmas blues or something every year? Like where he. <laughs> You know, because he's they're dancing in the hallway and everybody's you know jujuing on that beat and when he you was know, here, smiling at Christmas and then it all goes away. When the Cavs were here a couple of weeks ago after mm-hmm. the game, before he did his media availability, he was sitting in his locker eating his dinner mm-hmm. and he, he mentioned something about my beard, right? And uh, and I said something about I was trying to grow it out to be as long as his. And he laughed about it and said that he's been growing his beard since the first snow they'd had this year. In yeah, Cleveland. right. He's been growing it since first grade, more like it. <laughs> uh, did you notice that beard got cut? I saw it was buzzed down. To look, it looks like mine now. Yeah, that, that beard went away at some point <laughs> in the last couple of days. Yeah. So I I don't know if that's something we should look for a sign or not, but yeah, I think it's just you know this is the cup. What was it last year when he took a couple of weeks off yeah. in the middle of the season? Yeah, I think that's kind of where we are right now. I mean, he was listen. They're not. They're obviously not playing defense like they they are right. accustomed to. You mentioned the J.R. Smith injury and how how big of an impact that's had, but they get they went out and got Kyle Korver and haven't exactly set the world on fire since Korver showed up. Um, Two and six. Yes, as you reminded me last night, gleefully. This this is a weird deal because, you know, LeBron talking about them being a top-heavy team, but then asking for another playmaker, you know, and ball handler. Um, the You know, there's rumblings about a mellow trade for Kevin Love that was, you know, that the Knicks reportedly tried to engage the Cavaliers in conversation about it, and Cleveland said no. Yeah, they were not interested in even talking about it. I had a thought, by the way, on Carmelo. We can get there later. Yeah, if you if you're Dan if you're Dan Gilbert and David Griffin, and and I mean this in all sincerity, how do you handle this? Because you know what life looks like without LeBron. So you know, so you can't afford to exactly ignore his demands or or whatever he's saying. You have to address it because he, there's no guarantee that he sticks around forever. He's already left once. I don't think he can leave again. Why not? We talked about that before. I mean, I, why couldn't he? I, 
I mean, I, I mean, look, technically he could, but he did it once. If he does it again, it, I, I just can't. I don't want to even think about the fallout from I'm just, that. I'm just. I would love to just stoke the the fires of that just to see how I know you do. How great people would be in Cleveland, but oh man, look. And I and I don't say this about every player. I don't think every player sh- can should wield this kind of power. But we all understand what LeBron's impact is on a franchise, and and what happens to said franchise if he's not there. And I don't think you I don't think you can dismiss this if you're Cleveland, if you if you're the Cavaliers and and that front office and brain trust. If LeBron's sending messages and you know trying to agitate. He's doing it for a reason. He must feel, a, a, you know, some type of way about that team and the roster right now. And to me, you have to address. You have to address it. I don't know. I, I don't. How do you address it? Like, what? What's the piece that that team is missing? I don't know. I'm saying you have to at least sit down with him. They did that and ask him exactly. Hey, what? Are, what are you getting at? Like, what exactly do you think we need to be doing? And then you you see if it's possible or not. But you at least sit down with him and address the issue. Well, apparently that happened already. This week, hmm. they had to sit down with David Griffin, and um, I think Teron Lou Teron Lou was involved. But right. I, 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 I don't know what the piece is. Like, what, what do they need? Who do they? What do they want? What I, kind of player? I don't know what he wants. Not, th- even, not even a particular player. Just what sort of? Right. What do you think? What, what kind of? What type of player do they need? This is my theory. I think LeBron saw what they were up against against the Warriors on Martin Luther King Day. Mm-hmm. They played the Spurs on that Showcase Saturday Night game. Mm-hmm. Couldn't hold on. And my, and my idea is that LeBron is kind of feeling an itch that, hey, you know, as good as we were to come back from that 3-1 deficit in the finals last year and finally win the championship for Cleveland after all these years, that they're not good enough as presently constituted to grind all the way back to June for a second straight year and win it. Mm-hmm. Not if they end up seeing the Warriors or the Spurs. So – this everybody is dismissing this Carmelo trade like as if, as if it's oh who you know there's no way blah blah. Who would you rather have as your three headed monster going against the Spurs or the or the Warriors in June? Kyrie, LeBron, and and Love, or Kyrie, LeBron, and Melo? And I, I mean it's I'll, a fair question. I'm just saying. Honestly, would, I, I'd rather have Kevin Love than Carmelo mm-hmm. in, with Kyrie and LeBron. Right. Because I mean those guys need the ball in their hands. To, to be successful and love has kind of made himself into a guy who can, can play stand off in the of corner. Them, yeah. yeah. And, and play off them. I don't think mellow would be enough. I've, I've, I don't think you could swap love for mellow and they'd be significantly improved to, to challenge those teams. I, I'm just doing the math. Golden state has four guys who you'd have to contend with, you know, that four frontline all-star type players, Kevin Durant, Steph Curry, Draymond Green, Clay Thompson. Even if they made the trade, the Cavs to me would only have three. I got some other math for you. Last season, the Cavs paid uh, $107 million in salary and $54 million in luxury tax, yeah, according I, to ESPN. That's math that I could care less about. Well, I think somebody cares. That's Dan Gilbert's problem. And this year, they're about the same same number. That, But I'm saying that's Dan Gilbert's problem. If I'm, if I'm, if I'm LeBron... And I know what my impact is on the franchise, the fact that there are people right now in Cleveland who have jobs who wouldn't have had them if I didn't come back a couple years ago. If I'm LeBron, I'm passing out hats. I made Cleveland great again. I could care less what kind of money Dan Gilbert – and I'm just speaking if I'm in LeBron's shoes. I could, you know, Dan, There is no amount of money Dan Gilbert could spend to me 
that would be over the line if I'm LeBron. He, you know, he's like, hey, spend whatever it takes to win this championship. Right. So, I, you know, I love when people start talking about, you know, the salary cap and the luxury tax and this and then. It's like, man, if I'm a player, I don't care. I well, do yeah. not care. If you're a player, that's your job not to care. Yes. <laughs> you know, and, that, and that's what care. David Griffin has to worry about. Like, right. I, I leave that up to, to David Griffin to worry about. I think the big problem here is no one has defined what a playmaker is. Yeah, we don't know if he's talking about somebody specific or somebody in theory. Right. Is Carmelo a playmaker? Not in my sense of the definition. Or is a guy like Rajon Rondo a playmaker? Not the ideal playmaker I would think of in, in this situation. No. Is Michael Irvin a playmaker? I believe he played one on TV in a Cowboys uniform <laughs> at one point. I, I would think you – see, this is where I, I kind of get off the rails with with this whole idea of them needing another piece. Like, I think they need and – I, and I this is one of my favorite guys to advocate for in a backup point guard role slash locker room dude slash confident veteran player who you know often plays above and beyond his right. pay grade. And it's Jared Jack. Like, if they want a dude who would, in the midst of a series against a team like the Warriors, you want a guy who's battle-tested, mm-hmm. confident, who knows the Warriors. He actually played for the Warriors at one point. Right. And doesn't cost you an arm and a leg in terms of having, to, you know, going out and acquiring him. I would call Jared Jack. That would solve one problem. Right. The, the backup point guard issue that you've been talking about. That, that would, to me, solve that quickly. I wonder if they're just kind of waiting around for trade deadline slash buyout time. Yes, and we've heard that. I don't like do you like. I mean, do you like some of the, the names that you've heard? Like, I don't like Darren Williams as, as, as a that piece option. for the Cavs. No, yeah, no. I don't know. I mean, if he can come in and give you five minutes a half, something like that. I I just wonder how they're going to survive till the trade deadline <laughs> to, at the rate that they're going and the way that the wheels seem to be wobbling a little bit. Yeah, It'll, it's going to be interesting to watch the next couple of weeks. I hope I hope this rages on until the trade deadline when we're on the air that day <laughs> and until 3.30 and we can crank it up and keep talking about it. What do you make of Dwayne Wade's postgame? I don't think it was a rant. I mean, it wasn't like he was screaming and hollering, but yeah. he was making some very valid points about the Bulls situation. What do, you, what do you read into what he had to say about, you know, his feelings on, on he and Jimmy Butler basically – busting their tails and nobody else really jumping on the boat with them. I mean, it was a tough game. Your Hawks put on a mad run at the end to come back and win that game. Yeah. And I will point out, just as an aside, that Hawks team that was trying to blow it up a month ago and sell off all the parts, looking pretty good right now, huh? I think they're four top games four out seed, of the, Yeah. Three and a half four, games out of – They're not that far from the top spot. Yeah, I mean, maybe maybe LeBron ought to look at that example and not overreact to a, to a bad stretch, but – Anyway, what do, what do you think of of what Wade has to say? I almost turned that game off with, with three minutes left. The Hawks are down 10. And I think the Bulls might have kind of turned it off too because yeah. then the Hawks hit three straight threes. Schroeder threw an alley-oop to Howard. Tim Hardaway Jr., the, baby, ball and go blue. Yeah. So I, I wonder, though, if the, if the Hawks had missed a couple of those threes and the Bulls hung on and win if if this happens after the game. Right. Or is this just, you know, they, they lost a rough game. And right. uh, who was he mad at? Fred Zipser? Like, I mean, <laughs> I mean which guy is he upset with? Heritage <laughs> missed a three. I mean, I, I don't know what more you really want from, from the guys who they have in the rotation right now. Right. I, I don't know. You know? I, maybe maybe uh, 
I don't. It's, what's up with all this angst going on around the league when te- when teams struggle? I mean, you, that's part of the season. It's I think part the, of an uh, NBA season. You're going to have some ups and downs. All star break can't come soon enough yeah. for a lot of these teams. Everybody is. I mean, the Knicks and all this mellow stuff is going on. Like, uh, there's a lot of teams. I think that. Uh, this, especially now with the extended all-star break where you get a whole week, I think. It's much needed. Yeah, for a lot of these teams. I had a thought about Carmelo. Yeah. So, you know, the, he has a no trade, and he keeps right. saying he wants to be in New York. That's He and his family want to be here. Right. Um, if the Knicks really want to move him, what about the Brooklyn Nets? Because if, if I'm Carmelo and I got a no trade, you can't. I'm not letting you trade me to Brooklyn. <laughs> that ain't happening. I mean, it's not really a no trade, right? It's a, it's a trade kicker. So, no, he ways. has a he, he has a real no trade. He has a he has a trade kicker and a no trade clause. <laughs> yes. So if I'm you move saying. him, his salary goes up. If it gets and, to a point, no, there's no way. I le- no, no. Okay. If I'm Carmelo, no, I'm not letting you trade me to. A lot of people are moving from Manhattan to Brooklyn lately. Oh, I'm I, sure that's a hot move. I'll tell you that for all yeah. you uh, trendy New Yorkers, but I'm not. I wouldn't. Mm-mm. I took the subway the other night into Brooklyn, and I was the oldest person on the train. I think. <laughs> <laughs> I felt so old. But you weren't the only one with a hipster haircut, I bet. Probably not. Yeah. Um, I'll, I'm telling you this. If I'm Carmelo, there's only three places I'll let you trade me if right. I got a no trade clause. I would definitely, Cleveland? I would definitely toss it for Cleveland, the Clippers. Mm-hmm. If you can, what about you the know? Lakers too? Does that no. count too? No, not the Lakers. Right. Carmelo's what? Thirty-two. 33 years old somewhere around there he doesn't have time to play around like that i'll i'll, I'll get rid of it for houston mm-hmm. i'd go play with james harden and mike d'antoni sister even though i know Melo has played for Mello's mike turning, d'antoni uh, before and it wasn't the greatest Melo's turning 33 in may right okay and i and i say this in my mind thinking this this makes sense i don't know if it does but i'd let i'd let you trade me to toronto if i was Melo. hmm because I think if you put Melo on that team with DeRozan and Kyle Lowry, then they instantly become a, a legitimate threat to Cleveland. Here's another thought I had the other night. Mm-hmm. What's a team that started stockpiling a lot of draft picks, has a couple young swingmen who were in demand? Uh, Carmelo's wife used to live there. Uh, has been trying to get a superstar forever to try to get people to pay attention. Mm-hmm. As a coach, has shown he's been able to adapt and bring the best out of players. Mm-hmm. You you have a certain spot in that town you think he might be comfortable living into? I don't know. <laughs> Boy, you're so you're so transparent. You think Atlanta might be a spot? <laughs> For what are you going? What are you going to give up? I don't know. I mean, they just got what a first rounder from Cleveland. Uh-huh. They got Minnesota's first rounder. Right. Um, they've got a lot of young guys they drafted. Um, we got Tiago Splitter's contract. Uh, they got a lot of stuff. You know, I don't know. You know I don't all, know if Melo would want to go to Atlanta. It's funny. Your, your moral compass always comes back to to the A, Shouty. Um, and I know you. I know you cranked up. Your Falcons will be playing in the Super Bowl next week. America's team. Do you think Carmelo could fit in in that system? I don't know. He'd certainly be a superstar. Yeah. In this, you and, know, in Atlanta, he would certainly draw attention and i just think to where we you know when they signed dwight howard and everybody thinks well that's not going to work at all right and it's worked pretty well uh-huh. and bootenholzer's figured out a way to make that work yeah so i don't know it's a thought i had oh of course you did <laughs> <laughs> i 
I don't. I just want Melo out of New. I want him out of a Knicks uniform for the for the sake of everybody's well being. It's painful watching him answer these questions after every yeah. game. Like you, you know. know what though. Also, at the end of the day, though, like I I think the Knicks are one of those teams where you, you have to have a superstar, and they have their superstar. Mm-hmm. And I think that you know, win or lose, however the franchise is going, you need that guy because those questions are going to get asked of somebody, right? And I don't know if you want Porzingis getting barraged with those questions every night. You know, right. Melo I'm throw handles one. it pretty well. I'm going to throw something else out at, at you right. about, about the Knicks that I think. I'm going to make a prediction. I'll make a bold prediction. All right. I'm going to bet that somebody else on that Knicks roster gets traded before Carmelo does. Hmm. And it's Derrick Rose. Hmm. What would you think of a Derrick Rose to Minnesota swap for Ricky Rubio? I mean, if I'm the Knicks, I'd be interested. Mm-hmm. If I'm Minnesota, I, I don't know. He's got Tibbs. Tibbs knows him, knows his game, knows what he's capable of. It's true. You know. I was also thinking, what about, is that the kind of playmaker Cleveland would want? I don't think he fits. Because then you got to, you know, you got you to gotta split minutes for him and Kyrie. Mm-hmm. I don't think you could play he and Kyrie together. Derrick Rose standing off on the side waiting for a pass from somebody just doesn't. The problem with Minnesota, I think, is if you trade him there, he hits free agency this summer. And but he's, you got Chris Dunn. I mean, you know you have point guard insurance. Right. But, I mean, are you going to lose him, though, this summer? Because you, cause you got to pay all these other guys coming up. But I would be willing to lose him if, if I'm, I got Rubio's contract out of my hair. Right. I lose Derrick Rose. I got a young point guard in waiting. Mm-hmm. And it allows me to buy a little time if I'm Tom Thibodeau. Just a thought. Interesting. Just throwing it out there. Ricky, you know, Ricky in New York would be, be fun. He can come. I got a spare bedroom. He can crash. <laughs> You've had it ready for him for like ten years before <laughs> Beck even showed up. <laughs> so, <laughs> I mean, everybody knows about your your uh, relationship with the Rubios. Man, it goes. It's deep. You're the first person, seriously. That ever mentioned his name to me. I know. All those years ago. You've been on the Rubio train for, for quite some time. Lang, let's let's turn the page from the drama and talk to a guy who we just saw recently doing the doing the business at the highest level, director of performance and assistant coach and strength and conditioning guru himself, Steve Hess from the Denver Nuggets. Steve, how you doing, man? How are you? Oh, listen, unbelievable. After that introduction, I'm done. So I'm out. I'm out. You're over. No, man. How you guys doing? We're great, man. We're great. Listen, we we talk about all of the analytics and all of the training and advancements you can do around the league. But it seems like now the strength and conditioning, you know, and the growth and development of your own players has become so critical for teams like the Nuggets and others with young guys trying to grow their games and, and and get them to improve the way they operate on and off the floor. What what kind of challenge has that been over the years, you know, when you look at how it's changed from maybe 15 years ago till now? Well, absolutely no challenge at all if you're an evolved thinker and if you're adaptive and creative. Uh, but if you're stuck in your ways, you, you're going to have issues because this field, like every other field, evolves. Um, and as information, technology, and everything improves – you have a responsibility to utilize everything given to you and you become more accountable. So you ask me what single thing has changed the most, mm-hmm. um, our ability to be more accountable because we have way more information. Um, I think um, as strength and conditioning trainers, um, as PTs, as different certifications evolve and people get a better understanding of the body, um, they become more accountable for what they do with these athletes. 
Um, and the thing is, with that, you have to be responsible for every aspect of it. So it's a, it's a 360 thing. It's not about me taking someone in and smashing them in the weight room or I'm going to just have you run sprints or I'm not going to let you recover or I'm not going to let you have – you've got to tie it all in. So you've got to take the information. You've got to utilize the information. You've got to make it applicable. And then you have to, with all that, you still have to find a way to communicate it to these athletes because if you can't do that, it's all lost. Steve, you're the perfect person for me to ask this about because this is something I've been obsessed with for like 20 years now. Um, in the you know every NBA offseason, the guys would go off and uh, have their vacation and work out, and then when training camp starts, we always see uh, some guy on every team, almost one guy on every team. You, they come back and they say they've gained 15 pounds of muscle, and it's never five pounds, it's never 20 pounds, it's not six pounds, it's not 26 pounds, it's always 15 pounds of muscle. And so my question has always been, A, why is it 15 pounds of muscle? And then B, uh, how much can a person put on in that three months, four months? Is, is, is 15 just kind of seem like the sweet spot there? Because here's the thing. Have you ever seen 15 pounds of muscle is a lot of muscle? Yeah. The density of muscle is it's a lot of muscle. And the density of muscle, you've got to understand, it's not like losing fat. You have to grow muscle through hypertrophy. So um, – the, the, in, in essence, if, if you're telling me you just put on straight 15 pounds of muscle, um, I, I, I doubt it. I really, really doubt it. <laughs> um, and, and again, um, you know, if you if you put on more than half a pound to a pound a month, you're a freaking genetic freak. So <laughs> right. I, I just, you know, so. But then again, um, the, the brilliant thing is I can only tell you my experiences. Uh, and again, generally speaking, that, that, would, that would be kind of tough. What you have to make sure. And I'm just speaking from my own perspective. Sure. You've got to make sure. Here's the goal. You want to create a, an effective engine um, and a bigger engine and a stronger engine. But if the engine becomes too big for the body, there could be issues. So that's just a weird analogy. Right. So, so the, the growth has to be in unison. And then we have to understand one thing. That's great. Are you able to utilize what you've done? Because you're a basketball player first. So everything has to be designed for the specificity of what it is you want to do. So if you want to just look good, I don't care. But if you want to be a better basketball player, there better be a, a point to doing this. So 15 pounds, again, I don't know. To me, that's yeah, just yeah. amazing. So I'll make it on that program. That, that would excite me. Muscle watch. You know, and, and again, in the summertime, that's an unbelievable opportunity um, to allow your body to recover and put on – uh, good weight, change your ratios, um, work on certain things. But the most important thing um, is allow micro tears to recover. And, and just to throw in, and, and I, I'm, I'm, I'm just so excited because I'm with Metrics, and, and I have to throw this in there because sure. they're an evolved thinking company. And because I believe in everything um, and utilizing nutrition first, but supplementing it with great, great supplements, the reason why I have to throw them in is because they think the same way. Mm. And they're committed to making athletes better. And that's why I just love that whole thought process. And when we have these conversations, here's my thing. We all have one goal to make the athletes better. And sometimes we lose sight of that. Steve, what, you, you mentioned genetic freaks. And a lot of people look at NBA players. These are some of the largest, most graceful, physically gifted athletes on the planet which nuggets player would you put in that genetic free category in terms of a guy who's just 
you're, you're stunned at the, the gains he can make when he's training and, and in the right program. Oh, Boykins. Like 133 pounds. I saw him do a 315-pound bench press. Wow. Jay Smith, 42-inch vert. Antonio mm. McDash, 44-inch natural vert. Mm. Wow. Um, I, I, like, I've seen stuff where I'm like, are you freaking kidding me? <laughs> um, they're just certain things. I'm just like, I'm, I'm in absolute awe. The longer I spend with these guys, and again, they have genetic gifts, but here's the one thing. It instills in my thought process a belief. Because some of these guys, what they've come from and what they've done, they believe. And I'm like, it amazes me that you've accomplished what you've accomplished, but it's belief. So, so we can say there they are. But I like, listen, these athletes are the most unbelievable things. Now I look at a guy like, you know, even our young guys who made the, you know, the all-star team, you know, I look at Jokic and how he moves in motion. Mm-hmm. Uh, I see manually his explosive power. Um, Jamal Murray, the stuff he does, I mean, these, these guys are special, man. They're special. But what they've done with their gifted talents is unbelievable. How hard they work and their commitment to get better is unbelievable. And people are under the misconception that, oh, they make, I understand the money aspect of it. But you've got to go and smash on this body Every day for nine months, every day, every day, back to back, day off, back to back, and people, oh, I could, okay, I'm a strength coach. And also a long road trip, I'm so tired, I'm like, just let me sleep. <laughs> so so there, 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 there's absolutely, and I'm so blessed to look at some of these dudes and be like, they're unreal, and I just cannot believe I get to work with them, but they, they really work really, really hard, really, really hard. Well, from those guys who, you know, have, have the – their schedule set up for them to work really hard and put in time. Take someone like, uh, oh, I don't know, me or Seku, who sits <laughs> at a desk most of the day and <laughs> is sitting in front of a computer all day. Um, say you have half an hour to work out. Uh, what, what sort of exercises would you recommend for, for sort of the average person to just stay active? Okay, so here's the first thing. So I'm going to ask you a question. Um, what did you eat for breakfast this morning? Uh-oh. Uh, I had a cup of coffee and um, – uh, like half of a, a croissant. Okay. So the first thing I would do is I'd say, you've now slept for eight hours. You've got to determine, I've got to fuel the system. So again, okay. I'm, going to, I'm going to throw in one more thing. So um, I love breakfast. I love freaking oatmeal, throw in some berries. I love five egg whites, um, throw some vegetables like avocado on the egg whites. But if you don't have time for that, how about, like as I say, once again, I, again, metrics because I love them. They have these amazing bars with the right quantities of protein to ratios to carbohydrates. And it's healthy. So how about you had that? Then you smashed your cup of coffee, so your insulin level didn't go through the roof. Then you went straight into the gym. And here's what I would do. I got 20 to 30 minutes. I would work on my strength. And this is what I would do. I would do a push exercise, a pull exercise. That, so, for example, I would do – now, again, you know, I'm, I'm talking in general terms. Sure. Uh, because of the fact I don't know your ratios. But generally speaking, um, I would be really, really careful on my range of motion, and I would stay in the range I have available to myself. So the exercises I would do, I would go to a chest press machine. I would do a chest press. Then I would go to a seated row machine. I would do a seated row machine. Then I would go and do a push in a standing position, slow and controlled, with a really light weight, full range of motion. Then I would do a tricep push down, a bicep curl, okay? Everything I would, and again, I'm generalizing. Please understand, like, I could get shot sure. for this. I would do three <laughs> sets, reps of 12. Then I would go to legs. On my legs, I would do a nice split squat position. You know what? To start double legs first, hold the dumbbell between your legs. Chest is big. Go down nice and slowly. Do three sets of that. People say you shouldn't do leg extensions. If the machine is adequate, 
I would do leg extensions. Then I would do lying ball curls. Then I would finish off with core, where I'd do a front plank 30 seconds, side plank 30 seconds, side plank 30 seconds. I wouldn't stop. And I would do it with perfect form, and that's what I would do for my workout as my strength component. Done, out of the way. So then the evening when you get home, I would just say to myself, I'm going for a 25-minute walk, and here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to walk out for, let's say, I'm going to half the time. So I'll walk out a little bit further than half and come back quicker than I went out. Walk. Mm. Man, there's your cardio. I'm done for the day. I'm tired of just listening. Right, to I was going to say, I'm, I'm, ready to, I'm ready to take a nap after all that working out. <laughs> <laughs> but here's, you know, like, so this is my whole perspective. Like we talk about reality. So what I would love you to do if you're my athlete, okay, um, I would love you to come in. I would love you to have six meals a day. I would love you to replenish um, your glycogen stores after your workout. I'd love you to take a protein shake. Um, now, now, what I'm saying to you is like you're at work all day. So right. let's be real. So how about you get like a, uh, again, a, pre, a pre-made shake with the correct ratios. So that's once again, we look at my brilliant metrics, 20, 20 grams of carbs, 30 grams of protein, not going to kill you. That's my mid-afternoon snack. Boom, done. I ate my bar for breakfast. I'm going to have a good lunch, chicken, some rice. And in the evening, I'm going to have a magical salad with huge vegetables. I'm going to throw color in there. I'm going to throw some salmon in there. I just changed my life. Yeah. Just changed my life. No, you just don't, changed, don't you just changed Lang's life. He's, he's going to do this. I do the six meals a day. But the I was going to say, the six meals, that's right up my alley. All the other hard work, oh, yeah. I don't know, Steve. I don't know about the rest of that work. That's a lot. No, but once I, get, listen, once I hit you with the meals and how glad that – no, look, here's, here's the bottom line. Uh, we like to overcomplicate it. Simply speaking, if you want a healthier body, don't fry your food. Don't drink alcohol. Make sure you do some resistance training. Make sure you do some cardiovascular work. How you want to determine your mobility and flexibility is absolutely up to you. You have to eat clean. You have to stay hydrated. Drink up to, now, up to a gallon a day. You can over-drink water, so I wouldn't drink three gallons a day. Make sure you take a multivitamin, huge believer in that, and essential oils. You will change the way you feel. If you feel good, you're going to see a huge difference in your body. Yeah. If you look good, your wife loves you and your husband loves you. You're good. You go. <laughs> energy. That's right. Steve Hess from the Denver Nuggets join us. Man, listen, you like, you like our inspirational pill every time we talk to you. You got us fired up. Next time you see us, we're going to be fit and trim, I promise. Lang is going to be down from that 83% body fat he's carrying around right now, all right? <laughs> you guys drop that out. I'm going to be taller. I'm going to be You'll be like, Dad, I didn't know you were six feet. Gentlemen. I, listen, I really appreciate the opportunity. And any time you want to chat, I just, I, again, really, really appreciate the opportunity. No doubt, Steve. We appreciate it as always, man. Good luck to you and uh, continue great work with the Denver Nuggets. Thank you so much. Have the best day. All right. Thanks, Steve. Bye-bye. Lang, I, I need a I need a come down after that workout with Steve Hess. Just all the, <laughs> Schumann's the perfect all guy the for energy. that. <laughs> so, so why not let John Schumann in the Schumann stat Bring us back to Earth this week on the Hangtime Podcast. What was that supposed to mean? Yeah, that was a backhanded compliment. No, it's not. It mean it means we were we were cranked up and feeling good about ourselves, and now we need you to put us back in our place. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Here's a trivia question: what's what's the worst te- what's the worst shooting team in the NBA? Chicago Bulls. Correct. <laughs> wow. Man, we didn't even have to. We didn't even have to Lang. hunt this week. <laughs> yeah, I thought you would have gone with the Atlanta Hawks just because out of out of instinct. You know, Atlanta Hawks, no, but no. 
The Hawks played the Bulls last night. They maybe have something. To Wait do a minute. With. They're the worst overall shooting team in the league. Like, yeah, what does that mean? They, well, here's the thing. They are last in three point percentage. Right. right? Like we kind of knew that was going to happen. Like they have no. You Other know, than Dougie and, McBuckets, they got nobody that's really in. It, Mar- yeah, and Meritage. like even even like Miritich and McDermott haven't shot as well as right. as expected. But the Bulls are also 29th in restricted area field goal percentage. Good so Lord, they can't man. finish either. Like only the only the the Grizzlies have been worse in the restricted area than the Bulls. Mm-hmm. And so here's the thing: so there's 148 players that rank or that have taken at least 100 shots in the restricted area. Okay, 148. Rondo ranks 148th in field goal percentage among that group. Robin Lopez ranks 139th. So among centers, only like Joe Kim Noah has been worse at the basket, mm-hmm. and Dwayne Wade is 134. So they're all those three guys: Rondo, Lopez, and Wade are all in the bottom 15 in field goal percentage, basically at the basket among players who have taken at least 100 shots there. Good grief, man! What in the name of Naismith is going on? How could you shoot yeah. that poorly? I mean, is that is you think that's makeup of the roster? Or is it just a bad happenstance where you got certain guys who are brutal shooters? All on the same the, team. The, the, well, I think the, well, your spacing, mm-hmm. if you can't shoot from three, it hurts your spacing, and then it hurts your ability to get to drive, right? right. Like right. you can't um, – or at least if you have the floor spaced, you beat one guy off the dribble, you might have a, a layup, you know. But if the floor isn't spaced, you beat one guy off the dribble, there's somebody else standing right there because right. he doesn't have to right. guard anybody else uh, on the perimeter. So – I think it's, you know, a combination. It's, it's, you know, this team, you know, offensively took a huge step backward last season. You know, Hoiberg, Hoiberg was supposed to come in and take open over every, for Yeah, he was supposed to open, up, open the up, offense, up the offense. Yeah. And that didn't work. And then they made things even worse by, you know, uh, signing Rondo and, and uh, you know, Wade, Wade, as good as he is, is not a, a shooter, obviously, and that doesn't hurt. But the, the funny thing with the Bulls, though, is if you look at their numbers, they've been playing. They've you know they have these sort of three mediocre point guards in Rondo, Carter Williams, and uh, Jaron Grant, Grant. Yeah, guys who haven't played, or, or none of them are, are really going to make an impact. Right. Um, so they've been going without a point guard for a few minutes a game, uh, the last few games, and that's mm-hmm. actually worked pretty well. Um, actually, tweeted about it today. Like over the last three games, uh, they're plus 19 in about 55 minutes with no point guard, basically running Butler and Wade as your backcourt uh, right. with none of those other three guys out there. So it's kind of an interesting interesting look. I'm, I'm curious as if they, they sort of increased those minutes the last few games, and I'm curious to see if they uh, if they continue to go with that look to try to you know figure things out. Because then yeah. you can put – you can put McDermott at the three instead of Butler right. at the three, and that spaces the floor a little bit better. So, yeah, we'll see. Well, they did that. They did that at the end of the game against the Hawks last night, and it didn't <laughs> turn out so well. But yeah, but I mean, they were basically using Butler as the point guard, and then running actions with him and Wade together and stuff. Lang, you you don't have a uh, a fire back trivia question for shooters week. I'm a little disappointed. No, I don't. I didn't have plenty of time into it. Um, <laughs> too busy watching. He was too busy watching the Falcons uh, in the uh, NFC Championship game. Here, here's, a, here's your trivia question, John. Is it over under $100? You pick over or under. How much money did Sekou spend at the Nike employee store in Memphis this week? <laughs> oh, better be over, I would hope. I don't know the answer. Yes, Se- it was over 100 
Right. It, there's a store in Memphis too. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Oh wow! Shout out! Shout out to, to, to Josh B from uh, Jordan for uh, getting us the hookup. Appreciate that mightily. Shout out to my mom for giving me a nice Christmas too. I got uh, some KDs and some personalized uh, Kyries that I've been playing ball with. So nice, nice. Listen, shoot. You know, ads are. You know, the the ads are going to be on jerseys. You know, with the the, the patch on NBA jerseys um, yeah. next year. They're I believe the Celtics now have Celtics a commitment. Have yeah, the Sixers have StubHub. The Kings have uh, Blue Diamond Almonds. Right. What What's your one ad that you think would be perfect on on a certain jersey Ooh. for an NBA team? Wow. Perhaps wow. you know geographically so, connected. Yeah, I mean, it, just whatever the connection is. I mean, to a city and a. I'll throw one out. I've been thinking. Like, about I think it. the Lakers should get a Roscoe's Chicken and Waffles patch on their jersey. I'm just. <laughs> That won't work. I'm just thinking, I was thinking the Hawks spitballing need, here. The Hawks have to have Waffle House or Coca-Cola. <laughs> or Chick-fil-A. Yeah. Or Chick-fil-A. Yeah, but they, or, can't wear, they can't wear the Chick-fil-A patch on Sunday games, though, so it's, it doesn't work. <laughs> um, or I was thinking, you know, if Atlanta really wanted to do something different, they could get, like, uh, maybe Migos or uh, Dungeon Family or <laughs> Something hyper local. I mean, you, I'm just saying. I'm just. What do you think? Shoe would be an like an iconic. It's a good question. So ju- you know, patch for a certain team. Like I, I just started thinking about different teams and something that resonates with what you know their city is and the, you know got, locally about, what would really stick out. What about the Knicks? See, when I think New York. I think like Grace Papaya. Pizza. Yeah, like Pete. Yeah, great. That's not a bad one. But like, I think pizza and. And bagels and stuff, but you wouldn't eat like in your New York. You don't eat chain pizza, right? Right. Like you don't right. eat yeah. chain. You go to whatever your local spot is. Yeah. 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 So that's you what's have... crazy. You know how these teams have this like this this uh, giveaway where it's like, oh, you know, if if the team wins and they score more than a hundred points, you get fifty uh, percent off of Papa John's the next day. Right. right. I, I, you know, I ate Papa John's in college, but they have that giveaway in Brooklyn, right? And it's like. And I watch it. I was like, "Who in New York is is eating Papa?" You know, like there's. If you live in New York, you've got like five good, you know, uh, you know, family-owned local spots. Pizza, yeah, family right there. Family-owned pizza joints within within a few blocks. Like you're not eating Papa John's. Yeah. Well, they should call. Maybe they. One of them, either the Knicks and that, should get a Ray's Pizza sponsorship because. Yeah. All those local spots are all called Ray's Pizza. Oh really? <laughs> yeah, everyone else called Ray's Pizza. So famous Ray's. I'm just saying. I'm yeah. thinking about the Seinfeld joke. I'm just thinking about yeah. cities and what you know, like the Sixers could get a Wawa's. You know, it's like their little. <laughs> I don't know if any you ever been to Philly. You know about Wawa's. Yeah. Like that's. It's yeah, like that's it's like their. Uh, yeah, so it's like I would love to see some of these teams keep it local. You know, and. Uh, so Boston would be like Dunkin' Donuts, right? Because yeah. like a they get the Dunkin' Donuts. Raptors get be. Tim Hortons. Um, <laughs> what uh, Miami? Yeah, that's a good one. Yeah. Well, Cuban car, uh, Victor's. Yeah. Or, Miami uh, could do Versailles. Or, yeah, Versailles. <laughs> they could do Versailles. Uh, Have a little Cuban coffee on there. You know, I'm thinking, who else? Uh, well, Starbucks when the when the when the Sonics return <laughs> to uh, Seattle. What about uh, what about Portland the Jazz? Nike I'm trying to think right about there, the right? Jazz. What would they put on there? Something without caffeine. <laughs> Right, we're gonna get in trouble if we keep going down this road. I can feel it. Coming. What about uh, what about Whataburger for the Mavericks? That'd be good. Why are we only Why are we only coming thing? up with food places though? That's like That's I must be about. starving. I'm like <laughs> Steve Hess was talking about six meals See, a day, and I'm, I'm ready to eat. Well, the Blazers could have Nike. 
Or uh, yeah, if the Knicks got a bagel sponsorship, it would, the, it would be dope to have a patch that was just a little bagel on the uniform. <laughs> <laughs> we need we need everybody listening to uh, to yeah. tweet tweet Send at us. us about what they think what? would be the ideal jersey patch for their favorite team. Like what what locally would resonate with with the fans and, and kind of capture exactly what you want for your team. I'm 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 serious. I want the Lakers or Clippers to do the Roscoe's Chicken and Waffles patch. I'm going to put it out there. Some sort of barbecue sauce or something like that. Oh, Gus's Fried Chicken. Yes, Gus is from Memphis. Hartzell, what would be uh, the Bucks? Uh, Beer, I would assume. (laughs) Some sort of beer. Fear the beer? (laughs) We we have some good local grocery chains. Piggly Wiggly could be on there. Yeah, right. The Spurs would have to be H-E-B, right? Yeah. That's the, the... the grocery store they do all the commercials with. Right, right. Uh, yeah. Try to think it must be good. Charlotte could have Bojangles. Because Bojangles is the – man, have you ever had – listen, since we're talking about food, have you ever had Bojangles breakfast? Pelicans would have Woo. to – yeah, I had it. Man. The, other day, the Pelicans would have to be Popeyes then, right? Except for people in New Orleans don't – I mean, yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I've eaten my share Everyone of Popeyes. Everyone Popeyes. Yeah. And if you don't like Popeyes, seriously, we can't be friends. Right. I don't. I don't want to know you if you don't like Popeye's chicken. That's just a fact. How about uh, Motown with Detroit, or some sort of uh, obviously a car company, or like you go with like a Motown Records or something like that. That Detroit. could work. That could work. It is the head, the home of Little Caesars and Dominoes too. Um, right. So we gotta get, the, we gotta get off the uh, the food sponsorships. <laughs> no, shoot. Steve Hess was on here telling us. Um, about how we should eat six meals a day and work out and all that stuff. So now, like, we can't get food out of our head. We've been talking about food for the last 45 minutes. It's, 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 uh, you know where it's I'm tragic going once right we get now. off this call. I know exactly where you're going. You, when you pull up, they probably already know. You, you have the usual, Mr. Schumann? Yeah, just give me the usual. Spicy <laughs> <laughs> chicken sandwich. <laughs> John Schumann with the Schumann stat, and now we got to get lunch because he's headed to Chick-fil-A. Appreciate you, brother. Right, See you soon. Talk to you later. We might as well reconvene now for lunch. Uh, oh, no. I guess we got to go to bragging rights. It's time for bragging rights as the guys put their rep on the line. You're going to be eating crow for lunch today. <laughs> what? Seriously, who's doing this alternative math on bragging rights? This, who's tabbing this stuff up? Kellyanne Conway? What is the deal here? <laughs> Getting very political on bragging rights today. Yeah, this is garbage. Another one defeated for the season. Well, a game under 500. Seriously, ever since Trump got in office, I, my bragging rights numbers have tanked. <laughs> you got to start a change.org. Yeah. I voted correctly. <laughs> I have three to five million votes that have gone uncounted. Unbelievable. Man, look, all right, fine. I went one and two last week. Lang went two and one. He's up. 16-13 overall. This is bull crap. Two-game bull- lead on the season. Unbelievable. Seku's 14-15, and 15, laying 16-13. and 13. What do we got this week, man? This <sighs> this week we're going to start on Saturday. This is disrespectful. With Grizzlies at Jazz. Didn't make them easy this week. No, well, that's no. not. That's not. A, that's a good game. I'm going Grizzlies just because I don't know. I got to do so. I, gotta, I, need, I need, a, need a Hail Mary here. Let's go, Grizzlies. I'm going to take the Utah Jazz because that's – Memphis's second game of a back-to-back on the road. And uh, I'll take the Jazz. All right, then we're going to go with Tuesday. Hornets at Blazers. Mm, I'm going to go with Hornets the Blazers. Blazers. I think I'd go Blazers, too. That's a, that's a trap game when you got to go out west like that. That's, that's dangerous. 
And then Wednesday, Raptors at Celtics. What's up with the Wizards wearing all black? I like the funeral game. I like that. I did too. I, lo- I love of, that attitude they got. It's kind of random to do it in the middle of the season. They're being they're playing <laughs> grimy right now. I love the way the Wizards are acting right now. It feels like a playoff move. Yeah, man. they're like John, John Wallace. Streak, yeah, John Wallace playing with a snarl on his face every night. Bradley Beal balling. I like it. Um, Raptors Celtics is the game. Yeah, sorry. Raptors at Celtics or Celtics at Raptors. At Raptors Boston. at Celtics. Raptors at Celtics. Mm. I'm going to go with Boston. Uh, Shout out to Dunkin' Donuts, baby. <laughs> Every time I'm in Boston, I get the, the good Dunkin' Donuts. Although GE got the sponsor already, we know. That's but, disrespectful. Well, I'm going to take the Celtics and bring good things to life that night. And uh, I think I got Boston also. All right. So the crucial game next week will be Grizzlies Jazz. Yes. Seiko yeah. will need to be I need it. Cheering, for, cheering for the Grizzlies. Grit and grind, baby. I need it. I need it. All Star Reserves will be announced uh, Thursday night, so we'll uh, we'll definitely have some thoughts on uh, who made those teams on the next Hang Time podcast. Uh, good luck, you know, in the off week. Make sure they don't do anything crazy to Lang's Atlanta Falcons. Let's hope they can get to the Super Bowl without the antics that accompanied their last trip to the Super Bowl. Um, yes. <laughs> don't forget to subscribe on iTunes. Make sure you leave a glowing review. You gotta love the Schumann stat every week, and if and if nothing else, we gave you free tips from from Steve Hess, from the, <laughs> you know from the from the Denver Nuggets. The guy gave you a workout plan, meal plan, shout out metrics three times. I mean, what, clarified what, muscle watch. Yeah, first. I mean, what more do you want? Um, and don't forget, you get a new episode every Thursday of the Hang Time Podcast. All right, peace. Thanks for listening to the Hangtime Podcast, and be sure to subscribe on iTunes for a new episode every single Thursday this season. And as always, people, remember, say kuna matata.